Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me from a different location is Jeremy Bradetich. I mean, same same location, different um uh d- different room in that same location. Um, That's true. I also I I need to tell you something incredibly annoying that I just realized, Kerry. As I hit the button to play the music, uh, yeah. I uh, fucking uh, realized that my um, my roadcaster is now not quite a flat on my desk. <laughs> oh no! So did your did your buttons like did it like seesaw on your desk? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> not good. That's, I uh, hate that. Like I like not really what you want. I I did that and instantly I was like unhappy <laughs> <laughs> fuck this yeah. we're, we're cancelling the stream yeah. we're, that's the kind of thing you need um, see Jeremy that's why you need spare serviettes on your desk so you can treat it like a table at a cafe I just realised the corner of it was resting on my mouse pad we're good <laughs> it's fine <laughs> I fixed it now it is solid as a rock so Jeremy how do you feel podcasting from uh, five metres away from where you were podcasting last week it's like a whole new show no it's 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 fine. This room's a mess, so it's not the best like working environment yet. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a better place for it. Um, mm. Less yelling all the way through the house now that I'm in a, a closed off bedroom. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think not having my desk in the in in the big space is going to be better for that space at the very least. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's mostly the same. <laughs> Yep, like fair like, like ac- actively. That's more or less what I expected when yeah. I asked that question. <laughs> yeah, actively, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm in the same room I'm always in, but I don't know. I I've kind of covered this up for the last few weeks, but uh, we're, we've been sleeping in the study for the last three weeks as we've been caring for some some cats uh, as an emergency kind of a thing in the house. Um, they've got the bedroom, uh, so we haven't been sleeping in the bedroom or in the bed. Just on this futon. And today is the first day where I couldn't be bothered folding it up and pretending like we weren't sleeping on it. <laughs> but I made it nice. I made it nice behind me. Uh, Jeremy, it's been, a, it's been a week. I can't tell you exactly what's happened this week. It feels like it's been an entire week. But also I feel like nothing's happened. But also maybe I've aged a whole month. Like it feels like a, a massive period of time has passed since the last time we did this. Uh, for me. Yeah, I, that, that one might just be you, buddy. But like, <laughs> oh, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if a whole lot has really happened in the past. The world's different, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, the world is always different, but but yeah. Oh, looks like there's some. This is completely off the cuff and and breaking. Uh, looks like some uh, screenshots of the Avatar game have leaked. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. That's potentially fun. Well, while while you corroborate that, Jeremy, let's let's do the intro. Uh, everyone, if you didn't know, this is the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. The Minimap Cast goes live on all podcast platforms every Wednesday uh, with 24 hours of early access given to all of our patrons. Uh, more on that at the end of the intro here. Uh, if you like what you're hearing so far or if you like what you hear in the episode... Make sure to tell your friends. Make sure to follow the show, subscribe, or whatever it is on your platform. And whatever, whatever platform you're listening to us on, make sure to give the podcast a positive rating. Uh, it helps us out a lot. It makes a huge difference. And it only takes a couple of... Oh, pardon me. It only takes a couple of seconds. 
if you'd like to get notified every time a new episode is released, uh, you can follow us on social media. We are at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday night, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. That'll change in the next couple of weeks. I think it'll be standard time. Yeah. Um, for the live recording of the Minimapcast, uh, we always hang out with chat before and after the uh, the live recordings of the Minimapcast during, in the break as well. Uh, we'd love to see you there. We wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv as the music for the Minimapcast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And finally, Minimap is completely independent and funded almost entirely out of our own pockets. To help keep the mics and lights on, you can support us by becoming one of our patrons, and for only $5 a month, you get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, some extra little bonus features we're cooking up, and more. Head on over to patreon.com slash minimapau to help us out, and remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. What's the, what's the price of a, of a good oat milk latte these days, Jeremy? Like six bucks and like 70 cents. Good lord! Yeah, that ain't right. It's 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 bad out there, folks. I remember when a four dollar latte was like heretical. Yeah, and that was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is like a a thing that has happened in the past, like eighteen months, two years. Mm. Um. Uh. So I like I look. I can't verify any any of these leaks. In these avatar leaks are real, aside from the person who has posted these leaks. As far as their, their Twitter name all over it, they have a history of leaking some Ubisoft stuff in the past, um, very recently. Um, and they also uh, photoshopped uh, Yves Gilmore's face on all of the animals, which is I think is a funny thing to do. That is so funny. Um, this Avatar game is first person. Oh, what? Yeah. That's funny. I wonder if you'll go... Is, are you doing the like the body swapping thing? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Because <laughs> like they, they're kind of moving away from that in the movies a bit, I feel like. I, I know there was a bit of a part of it in in two, but like it was a huge part of the first game of, of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I have no idea. Um I'm I'm assuming you're primarily gonna be uh, a Navi in in the second in this game. Um I can't see it being a big part of the next movie considering how the first one goes. Oh, sorry, yeah. considering how the, how the second one goes, rather. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't see it being that relevant for like to keep yeah. wheeling out. I feel that would make it quite trite. Yeah. Um, but if you were in first person going through the same environments as two entirely different sized bipedal people. Mm. Bipedal. <laughs> by, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then... I could see that being like effective. Like you go through and then like these tiny bugs that affect the Navi are like larger predators that are bigger, that cause you more strife in your other body. Um, that could be interesting, but it's that thing of like, when you're in first person, you don't see any of yourself. It's just first person. And I feel like that would be a really cool part of Avatar is seeing more, seeing it. Oh uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like you can you can still show the main character in, in uh, cutscenes and stuff, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. Like you it's don't, just, you, you don't, don't get any Master of that. Chief. Like you don't get that yummy, like Uncharted, like Nathan Drake pressing his hand against the brick wall as he walks past it, kind of a 
sure. interactivity. Like, you know, like pushing vines away, like that could be really cool. Like I want to see the people in the world, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could do that in cutscenes like Halo does it. Yeah, but it's not the same when it's constant, when it's contextual, when it's it's just how the world will be. Yeah, I, I don't it's know. It's also probably like so much cheaper to handle by making a first person. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, you know, I think they've, they've both got their drawbacks, but like, I, I don't know what, I, I don't, we don't even know what this game is going to be like, right? Like, do we no. know, like, we're assuming open world because it's Ubisoft, but... Have they not even... I thought they'd confirmed that much, at least. Like, like I, I assume they have confirmed it. I'm not even going to bother Googling it, because if I do and it says yes, then, like, okay. But, like, I don't... Like, there's no... <laughs> like, there's... Like, like who would think that this game is not going to be open world? We're assuming... It is open world. Yeah, like, it's going to be a, a, a Ubisoft game. <laughs> True. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's not going to be the it's not going to it's not going to be the following the Mario Rabbids formula, right? It's going to be following yeah. the Far Cry Assassin's Creed <laughs> formula. I can't wait for the 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 sixty Navi mini games, dude. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says open world experience on the official Ubisoft.com avatar Frontiers of Pandora website listing. Yeah, there we go. So there you go. You know what isn't open world? Resident Evil yeah. 4 yeah. remake. Or as I called it last week, President Weevil. Yep. Still 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 trying to get still trying to make that one work, huh? Uh-huh. Alright. I really like it. Right. <laughs> uh so I have had access to the game for a little while. Haven't beat it yet. Adding to the long line of games that I have early access to work on for a bunch of time and then and then the public get it, and then they immediately get further ahead than I am, <laughs> even though I've had it for like two or three weeks. Yeah. It happened with Elden Ring. <laughs> it happened with like Forspoken. It happened with so many games. Like within 30 hours, people are well and truly surpassed all of the progress I've made because they're not making guides at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you were playing Elden Ring, and like I think you were still in... I was, I was ahead for like 36 hours, and I'd had it for so long beforehand. Like, I'm, I think in the first day I played that game, I got further than you in the main story because you, That's right, you, yeah. you were still in Leonia for like a few days after launch. Yeah. And I had gone past, you know, like I had at least like, like not, not, not uh, story wise gone past Leonia, but I had left. <laughs> yeah. Leonia. Like I was, I was finishing guides about how to activate your first great rune. Yeah. Uh, from in Stormhill. When, and when people were getting abducted and going to Volcano Manor and, and fighting Radan, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I did that within 48 hours, got abducted, but it was completely by fucking mistake. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then, um, and yeah, then it took me another two months. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so Resident Evil, right? Uh, I haven't beat it. I'm, in, I'm at the end of chapter 13, so 13 out of 16, so getting close. Um, Sam and I have quite enjoyed playing it together. Mm. Uh, where are you up to in this game, Jeremy? You've had it. You've had it this weekend, but you're also moving rooms yeah, around like, the house. You had stuff to do. I, I didn't actually start playing it until last night. Um, but the uh, we we did the first main like section, like that 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 opening of like you going through that town and and like I, I want to actually let's let, let's just tell that story because I think I think that, that one that's all I have to talk about for this game. But I also think it's a really great opening. Um, it is a really good opening. So and it, for the for the it's like ninety percent of what you got in the demo demo too, with right. like one additional cutscene at the start. Sure. 
Um, so like you don't get the whole police ride in the demo. Right. Uh, yeah, so, so so very, very early on in the game, the first, like, after you finally take control of, of um, I was going to say Ethan, um, of, of, <laughs> Fuck Le- Ethan, man. <laughs> of, of Leon, um, uh, you, the first combat encounter, the first encounter with, with villains um, is this, this part where you, you enter, um, you, you've, you've been looking around for, for some, for some police um, who have been, have been killed and, and, uh, and you leave the house where you find the first dead body in a very Resident Evil like style of like, where are they? Are they there? You hear knocking from a different room. You enter that room. It's empty. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, who are you? What are you doing? Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Oh, you're trying to kill me. Yeah. And then Leon fucking roundhouse kicks him into the wall and breaks his neck. <laughs> yeah, so man. good. So, so after that, you enter uh, what is going to be the, the feeling of the game, which is you've, you've entered this, this, little, this, this tiny little town. Um, tiny it's little town. Yeah, tiny little village that is bigger than you expect. <laughs> um, yeah. Because <laughs> it, is, it is quite small until, you, until very soon you find out that it's a little bit bigger than you expect. Um, well, yeah, there's like the town square and a lot of branching areas from it. Yeah. Um, um, so, so you, you, you walk up to this town to find the second police officer that you've been looking for, um, being, uh, tied up on a, on a, on a, on a wooden stake, um, and being burnt alive. Um, you, yep. you, you peer over a rock with some little binoculars and, and see him, uh, slowly get cooked. And, Not so slowly. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, you're right. <laughs> rapidly get cooked. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you sneak around for a little bit. Which is new in this game. You can't do that in the old one. Mm, mm. There's next to nothing you can do in that game with before people notice you. And and so you you sneak around a little bit, and then you inevitably get noticed. <laughs> there is nowhere to go at some point in the game for you to continue staying stealthy. And so they start to run at you with pitchforks and shovels. Like and, a dozen people. Yeah, and and pick pickaxes, I think, or like like and like sickles and stuff, and various various farming equipment. They'll throw hatchets at you. Yeah, because uh, they just want to kill you, and it is they they are coming at you, and they're from from various angles, from many different places, and so you start to take a few out, move back, take a few out, take, move back. Run out of ammo. Yeah, then you start to realize that there's quite a lot of them and they take a no small amount of ammo to, to be brought down. And so you look for some areas where you would go, or at least we did when me, me and Rebecca were playing. We were looking around for the, for the way to go and we're like, well, that looks like a way to go. And so I ran up this, this little, this little uh, pathway <laughs> only for me to get close to this door and uh, through the door that I was meaning to enter bursts through uh, a... A man wielding a uh, chainsaw uh-huh. with a uh, sack uh, over his head with eye holes cut out and uh-huh. bloody eyes looking through uh, said said head sack. And he began to chase me. And uh-huh. I then suddenly realized that ahead of me was a man with a chainsaw and behind me was the entire fucking town. Uh-huh. And I went... Oh no! And so, you remember when we were talking about this, and I was like, "Man, the first encounter, encounter is a lot." And you were like, "Aha, that's Resident Evil." And I, I kind of, you said that, and I was like, 
I don't, I don't know. This feels this feels like too much. This feels like more than normal. I I, I think it's it, a lot. Look, it, it is more than normal, but I, but I think like so like so what happens in this in this encounter is you start to take out more and more enemies as much as as much as you can, and then eventually, uh, the 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 a a, a bell from quite far away rings and it goes dong dong and this is after the chainsaw man has potentially destroyed parts of the the uh, the, the little town that you're in you've gone through different windows and doors getting ammo shooting some guys continuing on running out of ammo using some health like there's like it it, it makes you sweat it really fucking makes you yeah. sweat and then this bell rings and the entire village looks towards the bell and just walks towards the sound of the bell ringing and uh, Leon says uh, a wonderful, wonderful line. Carrie, do you want to do it? He's, well, hang on. He's like, where's everybody going? Bingo? <laughs> <laughs> with with one then, of the few uh, one-to-one transposals from the first game. And then it has the title, Resident Evil 4. Um mm-hmm. And it's great because, like, so, like, that is, and like, I, I still, I still agree with what I said that this was very much like, ah, that's Resident Evil because, like, like it's the exact same thing as seven, the exact same thing as eight, right? Mm. You enter a village, you enter a town, you enter whatever, and you are immediately overwhelmed, mm. and then shown something unimaginable or something that doesn't make sense, an uncanny thing whether it be uh, a reason for the combat to end, whether it be uh, you being kidnapped or knocked out or, or anything, right? Um, they show you something to make you feel uncomfortable and make you feel uneasy, not even about the violence or the gore, but about the, the reasoning, right? They give you reason to believe that nothing here makes sense and completely throw you in the deep end. Mm. Um, and like, I think that, I think the one in four, I think, is probably the strongest. Um, it's real strong, honestly. It's great. Because yeah. you talk about um, how different, how the, the chainsaw guy may have destroyed some areas. Like, as the game's released this weekend, I, I watched uh, some some creators that I watched play through the opening section. Or um, they released highlights of them playing the demo, which is the opening section. Uh, and when I played through it the first time, there are two very distinctive cutscenes that I completely missed. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like the chainsaw guy completely just like wrecking this area, completely like transforming this one corner of the village by destroying this like overhang. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this other room that you can like run into. And then Leon, and it starts this cutscene. Leon bars the door and he's looking around and he's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And they bring ladders and they, they start coming on the ins, like, like they start climbing up to, climb inside in the second floor you can find a shotgun in there the chainsaw guy breaks through the door and it's like it's like the fucking jedi breaking into the trade federation ship it's like oh my god and i gotta get out of here because i'm you know and qui-gon's got the, yeah no i, I know but it's why are you confused it's <laughs> <laughs> the nearest analog that i had off, on hand you know, know it's know. like oh fuck the door's gonna go i can't i gotta go it works it's fine it was just funny <laughs> You looked confused. Uh, I do uh, remember exactly what you were talking about. Oh, as if you didn't have that on hand, Jerry. As <laughs> if. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is. It is really strong. And I, I died a lot 
my very first time in it though. Cause you really, you get, you get two very brief encounters to do anything with before that moment. Yeah. And then it's on, it is on. And yeah. I was there for like 25 minutes. Yeah. Wow. The okay. first time. And it like, and it got a bit onerous. It got a bit like, Oh man, are you kidding? Like again, like I have to do all this again, but yeah, like I like, think it is quite a good encounter. Yeah, and like, look, as, as someone who who didn't die in that encounter, but was like on the brink the entire time, um, mm-hmm. like I that I think that made it stronger because I actually didn't know if you could fail that section because I didn't know if it was one that was just keeping oh. putting me on edge or and it was actually going to let me through anyway. Because it's Mate, a, you'll die because <laughs> you'll, you'll die real good. Yeah, because that segment is a it's an endurance segment, right? It's you don't Definitely. you don't you don't win, which I think is the strongest point of that game and a th- like a strongest point in that moment and a thing that Resident Evil will always do is like like okay so so the, the one in seven is really really fucking like intense because uh you get like kidnapped and you get strapped to the like to a dinner table and like the entire like the the, the mother and the father and and the grandma are there and uh and they are a family in this awful rundown just like half destroyed house and they are all very clearly unwell like mm. f- and like like physically unwell they are they look like they're decaying yeah. um and they are there and doing you know scary resident evil villain dialogue at you and you know cackling laughter and and like uh, vicious instant outbursts of anger towards each other and you and directly addressing you, and the moment where that when the father goes like "Welcome to the family," um, is like is uh, you know, quite chilling, because mm. um, you don't want to be a part of the family. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, but uh, that that game, like at that point, you actually don't have control of, of the game. Like it, that is a that is a a cutscene you can look around in basically. Um, whereas this is like a. Uh, like I didn't like th- after that encounter, right? Like when they all leave, like w- when I say that, like I don't feel like you won. Like I'm sitting there, like kind of like panting, and Rebecca is next to me, like, like legitimately, like yelping at, um, yeah, me getting very close to death over and over again, and, or like and, them grabbing you again and and being yeah. cornered and and doing the like you know, the chainsaw guy like brings the chainsaw down and I pull out my knife and like a blocking the chainsaw and it's oh, like this, man, so good. this really fucking sick. And I, but I'm also laughing my head off because of the, the kicks that you can do. They're, it's so good. They're so fucking funny. Um, it, it is really, it's such a good, and like we're talking about the modern remake of one of the best games ever made, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, ostensibly. I haven't played the original. Neither have I. But the blend of action, suspense, horror, thriller yeah it's, it's it is tight it is really well woven when when you were playing it like what i like i picked up really quickly in this game was i had that moment of like a, oh like i'm playing a masterpiece like really really early like it was like you know like i knew i've seen this game i've watched i've watched playthroughs of this game right like i've seen oh, right. like i've seen speedruns of of this game which are you know different to playing it all the way through but like I know it. You have some familiarity with it. Yeah, I've seen Jacob Jacob Geller's video essay on the on the Oculus Quest Two version of this game, and you know, like it's one of my old housemate's favorite games. Um, but like actually, like experiencing it firsthand, I'm like, oh right, 
Like, yeah. like of course. <laughs> of and course I, it's I had that moment amazing. with Dread most recently. Uh, not Dread. Uh, Prime, Prime. Metroid Prime most recently. Sure. Um, in a very similar way where it's like, oh, wow, this holds up. Yeah. Wow, this feels like a classic, which is true because it is a classic, but it's amazing that it still feels like that. Um, that. That feeling for me was tempered a little bit because of the fact that it is a modern remake, unlike sure. Prime, which was a, just a remaster. Um where there is so much that's different. Like you can move and shoot at the same time. That's yeah. amazing. And yeah. like, it's not tank controls, it's dual stick controls. You can crouch and stealth kill. Your, your knife is durability and it's easy to use your inventory. You don't have to, you've got quick access to weapons, right? Like you didn't have that in the original game. You had to pause every time you wanted to change weapons. And so like, it feels like, oh yeah, no, this is modern. This is an interesting take. I'm enjoying this. Let's see where it goes. Um, yeah, and like I, I'm, I'm curious about where I get to at the end of this. If like, if I do go, like maybe I do play the original. Um, yeah, because yeah. like part of me is like, like I've, I've got this, this fear in me. This, this absolute, ter- like I'm, dread. yeah, this, this dread that I am going to play this game and then play the original version of this game, and then play the Oculus Quest Two version of this game. <laughs> Yeah. Because that's different again. <laughs> well, yeah, but it is most similar to the original. Like, it's the same, like, levels of the original with, like, loading screens. and <laughs> Except you can move and shoot in the original version of this game. True. Which that's is a good point. very different. And also just the, like, being able to immediately aim at an enemy. Yeah, yeah, you could fire as fast as you could fire. Yeah, and... like, it's, it is, it is, it is a third thing. <laughs> yeah. And th- and then consider again that there is a VR mode coming to the remake. Yeah, but I'm not gonna have anything to 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 play that with. Oh, is it is it only PSVR? I think. Okay. Or at least at least the beginning. Well, maybe for the first year or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. I have you died at all? Like, did you get any further than that, or did you stop there? No, like I, I got to the next section. Um, the next the next like encounter area. Um, and I died there. I died there once. Um, with the pigs, I didn't die to the pigs, but I died. Oh I yeah, died, yeah, yeah, that little farm. Yeah, yeah. so it was annoying. It's, um, I, I was so annoyed because I I had there was one enemy left, but I ran out of bullets, and so he killed me. And I was like, ah, oh, oh. I killed all of them but one. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. I had a moment like that in the end game yesterday. With these like regenerating enemies. Yeah. Had, um. Yeah, it's funny. They've got kind of uh, Dead Space esque death cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you get got by the chainsaw guy, you have to watch Leon get ripped to absolute shreds the, um, by this guy as he fucking destroys you. The, Even if one of the villagers happens to uh, kill you with one of their grab attacks, so it's a bit more of a cutscene, you have to watch as they like push Leon's eyes out and he falls over. And then occasionally you'll just get hit by a swipe and Leon's like, Ugh! and then it just says you're dead. But like the Tomb Raider curse. <laughs> Yeah, basically. And so it, it it's funny the first time a villager does that because it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Man, and, then, and, and they'll properly, like, they'll bury a hatchet in, in Leon's skull, you know, like, it, it's, it's intense. Um, but, yeah, this game does a similar thing that uh, playing Metroid Prime did for me as well with, I, I, I think, I feel like the world design's really, really great. Like, exploring doing one of these larger areas and then you sort of, you double back to that village section and then you come back again in a different time of day or 
um, you know, there's a boss fight in this area and you have to move past it, but at some point you come back and you can explore the side rooms in that spot and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's really positive. Like the puzzles are all, they've all been fun. The optional ones included. I haven't really been frustrated with any of the puzzles personally, um, which is great. You know, I, I said to Sam, Resident Evil is a lot of find the square peg for the square hole. Oh, look, you found the triangle peg, but not the square peg. Where's the square peg? Oh, here's the circle hole. Yeah. Like that's that's what this game is yeah. and has always been. But yeah. it feels it feels okay in this one. It feels good. Um I, I think if I have any any broad criticisms about it, they they have this cinematic styling with the cutscenes that's really good. And I think all the I think the acting is good enough and I love this sort of hardcore uh, horror uh, sort of um, European thriller uh, vibe that they have going on. Mm, yeah. But mixed with this, it, like just anime, like characters and, and um, motivations, like that first scene where uh, Leon's in the, the Hunter's Lodge and he finds that secret room and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to call you back. And the, the the villagers bust through the door. And there's three of them. And you don't fight them. Leon says, oh, I'll see myself out. Runs, jumps out the window, like combat rolls, turns around and then like looks up at the camera. You know, like it's so funny. Yeah, it's so it's good. It's so good. The anime schlock is all throughout this. Yeah, yeah. But with the way it is more cinematic in what feels some, like something you'd get from a Naughty Dog game or a more modern cinematic game, like even Fallen Order, for example, there's just not that much talking in any of the cutscenes. And I just kind of want a bit more. Give me some character moments. Give me, some, like, give me a bit more banter. Give me a bit more like self, like talking to self. Give me, I, I, I just want a bit more from them wholesale, just like an extra 20 or 25% across the whole board. Because I feel like there are times where you, you hit one story point, you, you get on the, the phone with, with uh, Hunnigan back at base, and then you, and you don't hear anyone speak again for another hour while you've, you're doing all of the, the encounters and puzzles and things until the next spot. And then it's a, and then it's a 60 second cutscene if you're lucky. And then it's the same thing again. I just, I just want a bit more. They, they kind of, they lose me and they lose Sam too. Like Sam will just walk away and be like, oh, what's happening? I'm like, yeah, you haven't missed anything. I'm just killing stuff. Like I've been doing that for 40 minutes. I just want a bit more integration with, with story and character and narrative moments to pull me through the whole way. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think looking at Western story-based games over the past few years, it's like, I think looking at that, I'm like, you know what? They don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think, sure, like that's I, fair I, enough. I, I think between the two, like, it, like, it's, say for example, there is no middle ground. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're like, 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 for if there is no middle ground between talking too much and not talking enough, I will always prefer not talking enough. Only because that's the thing, and, like, and it does it. It doesn't ruin the experience. It does work. Yeah, whereas talking too much, I can get like, like grumpy at it. Like yeah. you know, like the the amount like of like Atreus and and Mimir sometimes fucking in Atreus. Ragnarok. They just don't shut the fuck up. Yeah, everybody in that game, honestly, because you're you're, you're traveling with companions throughout that whole game. Um, you know, when it's good, it's good, but when it's bad, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and because there's so much of it, there is more room for it to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's a funny balance. Yeah, and it, you know, f- finding that balance is, like, incredibly difficult. Yeah. So uh, on the docket for next week, we'll see if it moves, but on the docket for next week is our Resident Evil 4 review. Mm. Um, I'll almost undoubtedly have finished it by then. Um, Not if I come in and break your PlayStation 5. That would be very sad. <laughs> Halfway through that sentence, I'm like, I wonder how Kira's going to react to me saying this. <laughs> like I looked at your, your eyes and you're like, why did you say that? <laughs> you know, that's a pretty accurate representation of what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> and then I was thinking about like something you would actually do if you did something like that. And I, rec- I could see you just like taking the face plates of the PS5 and like going home with them. <laughs> so my PS5 is just like naked. No, I'll just take one face plate. <laughs> I'll take the top one. Yeah, you take the top because then I can still mount it on the bottom side. Or maybe I just take the bottom one. Is that is that more annoying? That is more annoying because then I can't mount it either way. Yeah. I, have to, I have to put it upside down on the lid yeah. sideways and hope it doesn't fall off my bookshelf. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with the the idea is next week we we kind of pseudo review it. I'll be done. Jeremy may or may not be. Uh, not because Jeremy's shit at games because he's not. But let let's not forget he he didn't die in that village section. But uh, I died in the next because section, yeah. I'm in I'm at 14 and a half hours in that game and I'm not done there's another three chapters left um and I, I'm the the sort of average complete time that I saw was something like 17 hours yeah um I'm doing a lot of like the the blue note side quests and the um you know a lot of treasures you can only go get by going back to an area once you're let loose on a zone again and you kind of have to go through the like set piece of that area to get to the end of that zone because like the 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 exit from that zone is blocked off so you have to go through the entrance and all the way around to get to this one chest or something so i've been doing a bit of that um if you don't do that you might get there faster but it's um it's a meaty chunky game there's one there's there's, there's two two more things i want to bring up while i've thought of it mm mm-hmm. Uh, Digital Foundry did an excellent uh, rev- uh, side-by-side review. Well, they've done excellent review videos for the whole game. Um, Some would say every that, game. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But for Resident <laughs> Evil 4, they've done excellent coverage for it. Mm. Um, not, neither console version is particularly excellent, uh, apparently. Like, there's visual quality issues with the PS5 version. Like, the chromatic aberration is bad. Yeah. Um, and they don't really use... Uh, they, they fix the ray trace rendering from the demo to the full release. Uh, but also on Xbox, it's got really sluggish controls, apparently. Like, I, too I, sluggish. Like, a really large dead zone. And then, like, a miscalibrated acceleration curve, they were saying. So, I've, I've, it's not sensitive, not sensitive, not sensitive, too sensitive. I, I've, I've been experiencing that. And, like, I've... I've... I've been overcompensating in my brain while I play because I've 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 calibrated my brain to the uh, yeah. to, to the broken controls. Totally. Um, so yeah, like, but at the at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, like I, I'm immediately noticing this, and they have not fixed this since launch. Um, yeah. Oh, which is a shame because it, it's just on Xbox, which is so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, and it it is weird that that um they that that both cons both console versions have got a specific issue. Um, yeah, 
uh, yeah, it's annoying. I I hope I hope they bring out a patch. I think that they seem to be pretty good at supporting their games post launch, and I hope it comes through. And I hope it's just like a like there's something somewhere that they're like, what the fuck is causing this? And it's gonna be like oh, <laughs> yeah. like, oh it's this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I I've noticed that. Yeah, totally. And like, look, and I don't are. think it. I don't think it will. It's not going to stop me from playing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it is definitely annoying. Yeah, totally. And uh, I said there were two things I was going to bring up, and I've forgotten what the second one was. Uh, don't really know what to do now. I was going to say we're going to get to it next week. Uh, See if you remember in the break. Yeah, I guess so. Don't remember what I was going to say. That's fine. Uh, so we'll just move on then, <laughs> as opposed to ending that neatly, because yeah. I forgot what I was going to segue out with. Yeah. Apologies, everyone. <laughs> um. Jeremy, you posted a an article this week, uh, a review. I did a review. Your first review? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least like for the for Minimap, yes. Jeremy's um, first review on minimap.com.au. And it took me went up five years. this weekend. Yeah, five years after launch of the website. Um, tell us about it, Jeremy. I reviewed a video game called Dredge. Um, mm. Which you've spoken about on the channel before. Yeah, so Dredge was was the game that coming out of PAX last year I was the most excited for. Um, uh, I played it a, a bunch there, and and I was like, hey, that's really great. I'm very excited for it. Um, and then I saw the opportunity to get a key, and I'm like, fuck it, let's 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 commit. Um, let's dredge it up. Uh, one of the best things that I didn't talk about in the article because it's not really relevant to the review was how long I had to play this game before Embargo. I had like over two weeks, which was just incredible to really... That's awesome. That's fantastic. It was wonderful to be able to just play the game at my own pace. I took a week off of, of starting it and finishing it, um, which was great because I could do that and really like consider my thoughts and then it was great. Anyway, um, Dredge is a uh, Lovecraftian... Uh, Fish, boat fishing game where you are a boat that goes through the ocean. Um, you you fish fish and dredge up. <laughs> um, yeah yeah you fish fish and you dredge up um, like rubbish fish, fish, fish. rubbish and materials that you can use to upgrade your boat. Um, uh, there's a day night cycle. Um, day night cycles uh, purpose is to uh, different fish come out in day and night, um, but also. Um, during the nighttime, um, you will see things that cannot be explained. Um, uh, horrors beyond uh, oh, what's the what's the fucking quote? Um, horrors beyond human comprehension, or whatever it is. Um, right. Uh, this is where the the Lovecraftian inspiration comes from. Um, there are fish that have mutations on them, um, like like inside, like they are inside out, or they have three heads, or they have eighteen eyes, or they have like the void of the cosmos in the inside of their mouth or something like that, right? <laughs> um, but at nighttime, the longer you stay out at night, um, and the 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 less light you are around, um, you have a little indicator at the top of the screen, which is your panic meter. The more panicked you are, the more horrors you will uh, be exposed to, um, and eventually those horrors will manifest into into uh, phys- uh, physical things that that can uh, indeed damage or kill you. Um, mm. And you go from island to island, um, uh, following little stories. There are there are side quests. There is a main quest, um, 
and you will uh, eventually uh, follow through on uh, talking to this this strange man on another island nearby uh, who will, uh, as you give him more and more artifacts, he will give you more and more powers um, in turn. Uh, using those powers will also increase your panic because they are otherworldly powers like speed boost or teleport or one of the powers which is which is which is quite interesting is the ability to instantly kill an entire fishing spot and have the opportunity to take all of the fish instantly into your into your um, cargo goodness um, what it also does is it it like I don't know if it's a hundred percent but I've never experienced that otherwise um, will all but guarantee you getting a um, uh, awful uh, Cthulian variant of of the fish because like each fishing spot is specific to a a, a type of fish. Um, uh, it will all but guarantee you get that other variant of that fish as well, so you can fill out your like your fishing Pokedex. Um, by, That's cool. By mass murder. <laughs> um, so cool. Yeah. Um, the fucking the vibes of this game are unreal. Like like there is there are some really wonderful different sections of the game. There's like a volcano section. There's a there's a there's a, a a coral reef that has got lights in it. Like like electro like you know how like jellyfish bioluminescent. Yeah, that's the one. Bioluminescence all the way through. Um, while each of the four like different areas in the map also have their own specific larger horror that that you will or will not be able to overcome mm. um some of them are just like hey guess what like this is just here like you can't like the, like the the objective of this area is not for you to to take out this gigantic squid um like you're doing the story around this thing this thing is here to stay um which, right. which i think is which I, th- I think was cool i i appreciate that the the point of each of those sections is not like to like solve the fish or like um, conquer yeah it's like like it is it is a thing that is not a thing that you'll be able to fuck around with um so jeremy what's what's the hook of this game like what what is what's so good about it yeah so, that's something i don't quite understand about it yet having only heard about it yeah like it, it it's i think they just execute on every single one of the ideas almost perfectly. Um, okay. With the main story, I think, being the weakest part of the game um, because it kind of like, it, it arrives at the beginning of the game and then it sort of gets lost very, very quickly. And then it arrives at the end of the game and I like, I don't really know what this really added to the game. And like, I feel like it needed an ending, but it, what the ending was just wasn't really anything. Um, right. Uh the the like the the act of fishing is fun um and not too difficult that it is a giant chore but not too easy that it feels like nothing um there's a really like the actual uh, level of progression through the game is really quite well tuned um often i'm like oh i really wish i had a fucking bigger cargo right now hmm. oh that's the next upgrade Oh, I really wish I had a better. Like, oh, I need another. I need another type of fishing rod here because I'm in the volcanic waters and my fishing rod is not equipped for to to catch volcanic fish. Oh, that's the next upgrade. Like, they right. they do a really good job at, at laying that progression out for you. While also, you can jump ahead to. I want a bigger cargo way ahead of time so I can catch a lot more fish. 
but it's a lot of work to get there early and it might mm. be easier to just sort of do a lot of the the side quests and the other pursuits in the game and then stumble across half of the materials while doing other stuff but i can also like beeline and like so like they do like a lot of really good uh uh reveal of, of that stuff while also just the like the characters in the world are really really fascinating and cool and moody the game is very mm. moody um there's like a little indicator of what the weather forecast is going to be like as you're going around and between the weather and the time of day changing the world does feel really organically evolving and changing um even though the actual world itself is static it doesn't feel like that because of all of these things that are happening. Um, fishing spots moving, different fish appearing in different areas, um, different fish appearing at different times. There's enough. There's there's enough gears here that are turning that you really do feel like you're exploring um, a perfectly sized world. Right. Um, right. Perfectly sized for like what is a ten-ish hour game. Um, you know, you can do it shorter if you want to do some of the, like, not as many of the side stuff. Um, I thought that, for the most part, the side stuff was pretty engaging, um, if not just, like, a little, just a little light in some instances. Um, but the actual, like, the, like, I'm like, oh, like, I really want to do this side quest, for example. But, like, actually doing the side quest is enjoyable. Um, yep. the, the, the act of completing the tasks is, 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 is as enjoyable as handing them in saying big yes, um, mm. which is not a thing you often get, right? I feel like a lot of side quests, a lot of games, it's like, okay, I'll go over here and kill some fools and then come back and, and I'll get a side, side quest completed. Whereas in this, it's like, oh, like you want me to get like a, but okay, like I'll get some crabs. I'll go over to the shop. I'll get some, some crab nets. I'll put them out and while I'm here, I'll do some fishing get some stuff, sell some supplies, get some more money, buy this. Oh, my crabs are done. All right, let's go over and, and they hand them in. Like there's like, there's a, everything feels really nice in this game. Mm. Um, nice cascading flow on effect, it sounds like. Yeah, but without it being so distracting that I'm completely overwhelmed and inundated with things to do. You have to yeah. rein yourself in a bit, but not too much that I'm like completely What's lost. What's the point? Yeah. 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 Um, it's how how high and and it's, this is an impossible question to answer with without just like you know because you don't know the future but how high do you expect this game will be on your game of the year list uh, i can i can see it being at least top five okay okay um, it's it's a little boat that could yeah like look it's a it's a just a really strong execution on a lot of really interesting ideas um, it, it doesn't do anything that is completely groundbreaking and new and like, oh my God, this is the, you know, the next Outer Wilds, but it is closer to maybe like a Death Store, right? Which is just like a really solid mm. execution on, on a few really interesting concepts in a style, which you don't often get, um, wrapped up in a really, uh, accessible and enjoyable package. That sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's really, and uh, Kiwi game made made by made by New, New Zealanders, published by Team Seventeen. Which I think, I'm not sure if they're Australian, but they publish a lot of Australian games. I think they have an Aussie scouting team, or yeah, something, or, or like a branch. Yeah, um, some talk of it in the Discord we're in, but yeah. I, I only glanced at the other day. I didn't pay attention to it. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, 
And it's like, and it's just, it's just like a really good length. Like I, I cannot stress how, how much I was like, okay, like I think it's going to start wrapping up soon. And it totally did. And I'm like, great. Like it's not yeah. going to overstay. It's welcome. I can like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do everything, um, you know, but I, you know, I would consider going back and getting those last fish and f- finding a home for the dog that I found on an Island. It's oh, um, cute. Well, I didn't want to give him to anyone. Cause I'm like, what if you're my dog? Like, what if you're my, right. what if you're my sea dog? <laughs> <laughs> My rusty sea dog. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I'm worried that Resident Evil's going to overstay its welcome. Like, I'll I'll be done with it before it's done with me. Yeah, like I, some of those, some of the, some of those style of games, I I think it's very easy for them to have like, you know, too too many boss phases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or too too many. Like, this is the final boss. No, this is the final boss. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Dredge's, Dredge's ace. Nice. Awesome. Well, I, I won't be, I uh, I won't be talking about Pokemon Platinum today, but I have picked that up after our big Pokemon discussion last week. I'm very excited uh, we will, to hear. We, exactly. We'll, we will be talking about it more in the future, probably next week. Uh, there is something I do want to briefly touch on, though, and it's this little gem right here. I bought for myself the Nintendo Switch Online wireless N64 controller for Switch. Um, and I don't have too much to say about it. I played I played a few hours with it the other day, um, and I love this thing. I I opened the box, and I felt a bit guilty about buying it. It's like seventy bucks. That's the, and I felt that's the price of a controller. Yeah, right. It's not bad. Comes with a with a USB C charging cable. Really nice, decent, high quality one from Nintendo, like the one that came with the Pro controller. Great. Yeah, Jeremy. I was sitting in my house alone when I opened this and the grin that spread across my face when I opened this box. Like, not even... Because I could see the controller through the box when I opened it and, and it was, like, there and I was picking it up. This... I I don't... It was just this wave of nostalgia mm. that was so powerful and strong and happy. It was so nice. It was, it was so lovely. And, I, you know, I got to... I got to play the Switch Online games properly <laughs> like it's so hard to play those games because the controls suck on the switch they've adapted them so they've done what they can like there is no perfect solution is the problem to mapping this frankensteinian monster onto a more traditional controller yeah the, it's it's yeah retroactively like the issue is with the original <laughs> the original design exactly the problem is you can't put three handles on the onto a two-handle controller yeah uh but playing goldeneye for example with this was really uh good actually like playing some of the single player like missions was like interesting like i died at the start but not because it was cheap just because like i hadn't gotten used to it yet so i had to like play a bit more tactically and a bit more sneakily take cover and and adjust the controls like that was cool i played a whole bunch of star fox it got really far on the far alternate path which i'd never done before and i got completely fucked at the end <laughs> like it's so great and i am I, I justified buying this for myself because there is a way to get it working on pc and so not only did i want to be able to use it with switch stuff I loaded up Smash Ultimate for this too, and I I I got off that pretty quick because um yeah I bet I didn't I didn't have a X or Y button to jump with so so I was I was pretty lost um but 
having this as an option to play various games with on PC um, is really valuable to me. I really, I really want that option as well. So it's more, it's more than just a controller to play the. I played some Mario Party Two on this as well, which was weird. Nice. Um, but it's more than just a way to play the like fifteen NSO titles there are until the the Switch is dead. Like this, I can. This is kind of the the one that I can. It's got a functional joystick that isn't already loose. It's got like batteries and a wireless communication system and a USB C port. It's a nice modern way to bring this controller forward with me if I if I want to through different systems, maybe emulating stuff. Like who could say? And you know what? That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I, that's all I have to say about it. That's all there is. I just I didn't. I thought I would regret buying it or I'd, I, or that I'd still feel silly for buying it, which I did afterwards when it hadn't arrived yet. But when it arrived, I was like, no, you know what? This was, this was okay. This was an all right one. This wasn't completely out of pocket. This wasn't completely <laughs> terrible to do. Do you, um, and look, it like the answer is probably not because of the history you have with the N64 being like your first, your first proper console, but like, you know, in 10 years, we're going to get, like, the Wiimote version. <laughs> Do you reckon there's going to be... <laughs> I know, right? Do you reckon there's going to be, like, a... Yes, Kerry, the the fucking Wiimote, like, new Wiimote for the Switch 4 is here, and I can... Oh, man. I don't know, buddy. Oh, um... <laughs> because fuck. Xbox did that for the Duke... We did that for the Duke. Neither and of us, you know, that's like the first Xbox controller too. Like, but it was also the only one that was really different to their current one. Um, totally. The PlayStation is not doing that. They did that for the color scheme on the PlayStation Four, which I've got that, but not. I didn't buy that because it's got the PS One color scheme on the PS Four. I bought that because it happened to be the same price as the other ones because it was second hand. Yeah. Um, the controllers have been such iterative steps. Is the thing. Like the Duke was such a different size and format that it was quite polarizing. But the Dual Shock and just what were they called before they were Dual Shocks? But the the PlayStation controllers have have been quite iterative. Like I feel I could feel the design of the PS One controller in the Dual Sense. And and they're never gonna they're never gonna remake the original PlayStation controller because that thing didn't have analog sticks. And so exactly it, that's it the just, other thing. It just it just sucked. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh man, I could see them doing a GameCube controller like this. They did, didn't they? They they, they re-released it for for Smash. They're yeah. like, here's a Smash GameCube controller. But I could see them doing like a here's a wireless Nintendo official right. play your old GameCube games with the with the new WaveBird, right? Um, Wii U tablet. <laughs> <laughs> they should do a special edition Switch Lite that looks like the Wii U tablet. <laughs> Hey, that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. Maybe just, it's got a, a, terrible a little bit. Idea. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do this. I was going to say maybe they give it a little bit of the extra like ergonomic like ridging on the back, but they wouldn't do that. That's a completely different machining process to do that. Um, but could you imagine if we get like twenty years in the future and they 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 make Joy-Con, Joy-Con little replicas oh of this, but the new console doesn't have rails, so they're just loose Joy-Cons and they've got drift. <laughs> The authentic experience. Oh, it'd be so funny. It's so bad. Uh, all right, everyone, stick around. We're just about to go to the break. When we come back, we're going back to 2011 to talk about the great PSN outage. Stick with us. I love Iron Man 2. 
What's that got to do with PlayStation? Oh, I know that was. Damn it. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. If you were watching the video feed just then, you may have seen me uh, hurriedly lower my chair because the previous scene had me set too low, so I boosted myself up. <laughs> But then we came in hot into this scene. I wasn't ready. I had came to lower my hot. seat. I gave you a countdown. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see the scene before it went live. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, everyone. I'm really excited for this topic because this is a really funny moment in history. One we lived through when we were younger that we've got interesting anecdotes for, but it's also just an interesting story. Um, we are going to recount some of the story of the great 2011 PSN outage, which uh, is not when Iron Man 2 came out, just by the way. And um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this, is a, this was a really weird time. I got my PlayStation 3, uh, must have been end of 2009, because that was when the Assassin's Creed 2 bundle must have come out. Uh, so I'd had my PS3 for a little while. I didn't do much on the online store with it, but when I did, I usually had my dad's credit card on there. Uh, so, uh, Jeremy, how long had you had your PS3? Because you got one of the original launch models, didn't you? Uh, not launch, because those were back and pat. But like, I had a I had a fat one, the 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 PHAT oh, so PS3. Oh, okay. So you had a fat one that wasn't backwards compatible, right? Yeah, I think we had the second revision because they they took out that backwards compatibility real quick. Um, yeah. Very soon after they realized they could sell those to us later down the track. Um, but well, yeah. they also had to shed costs as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They I, did. They were in crisis. Yeah, but I wanted that. Um, Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I had, I think, the 60 gigabyte PlayStation 3 was the was the one I... 60 gig? I think, yeah, I think it was a 60. That sounds right. Yeah, because the launch one, the, that back and back one, I think it was a 40 gig one. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, so we had the 60 gigabyte one. I got my PlayStation 3 very soon after... Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction came out. Oh, that was early. It was very early. It was it was a very early time for that console. It was before Little Big Planet. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah I believe that. Yeah. yeah. I, that was one of the first um uh trailers I watched online ever was for Tools of Destruction. And they were showing off the six axis flight. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, whoa, I want that. And the video took like 10 minutes to buffer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sure did. I remember, yeah, those, the, yeah, back in those days. And I remember there was a way to download Sony's E3 trailers directly to the console at a really high oh. definition. Like, at a really high definition being 720p. Um, right. And that was the best way for me to watch those trailers at that point because I could let them download over a long period of time because we had yeah. absolute garbage internet at that, at that point especially. So you could um, you could set it go overnight or something. Yeah, yeah. Other people could still use the computer. Yeah. Oh man, it sounds ancient. Mm-hmm. It feels like yesterday, but it sounds absolutely fucking archaic now. Yeah. Um. So if you're unfamiliar, uh, the the great PSN outage was funny. It happened in like April of 2011. Uh, and basically the network, the PlayStation network. So that was place. PlayStation Plus, which was a new service at the time, which 
seemed a bit strange because you didn't have to pay for online, but they wanted you to pay for online. So they just gave you benefits, but didn't require it until PS4. So that was, that was still going, but it was also their entire online store and all of their multiplayer services. Uh, so it was quite a lot. And because they're, they're, they were working on trying to make a comeback after their disastrous launch that we just alluded to, going down because of a breach of internet security that was so bad that their servers and their systems were offline for like 45 days plus out of nowhere was catastrophic for them. Yeah, the, the, like I think that there, were, there was two big reasons why this was such a big deal. One of it because it went down for such a long time. Yeah. And two, because they were dead quiet for a lot of it. They, oh, they, yeah. they, they were not wanting to update people. They didn't want to, like, I understand not wanting to cause panic, but also mm. they were not being nearly as transparent as they should have been with a lot of the information that was shared. They And like, and like Sony back then, especially, like, you know, like I think now there's a lot of concern happening in the, in the cybersecurity world about safety in a lot of different avenues of passwords and two fact, you know, coming out of the, this recent YouTube thing with Linus, for example. Oh yeah. Linus got hacked this weekend. That was fun to watch together. You and I. Yeah. But like there's a lot of that in the world and, and, and cyber threats have never been as, as constant as they are right now. Um, There's a, there's a map you can watch of live cyber attacks hitting from one country to another and Man. you could just watch like it's like a spectator support a uh, spectator sport um it's like salty bit yeah um but uh back then there like i i remember hearing over and over again that sony were told like like this needs to be beefed up this is not ready you are under under developing part of your your security and like they're not the only company to have have had that, but they were the one that got punished for it. Jeremy, you've stumbled into one of our talking points here. So we're pulling from a. Turns out it's a, it's it's quite it's quite a task to go back and look at uh, thousands of different articles that different people wrote about this one topic. Uh, so we have uh, pulled from. A, a Eurogamer summation article, uh, which is quite it's quite good. It, it's it's comprehensive, but not too comprehensive. Uh, I've closed it. Let me just find it here so I can <laughs> properly cite it. I don't know why I closed it. Yeah, it's called Five Years Ago Today." Sony admitted to the great PSN hack. So this was twenty uh, sixth of April, twenty sixteen. So seven years ago now. Um, so the hack itself was twelve years ago. Uh, and yeah, it was written by Tom Phillips, 2016. It's a it's a really good article. It does go into more detail than we are going to go into, but not too much that you get bogged down, I don't think. Uh, but one of the uh, prompts that I pulled from here towards the end of the article said, evidence uncovered in the days following, uh, I don't know of what time, but evidence uncovered pointed to Sony systems previously being, quote, obsolete and, quote, long outdated. Charges which Sony subsequently flatly denied. However, a later report suggested Sony had let uh, suggested Sony had let go of security staff prior to the attack and ignored warnings that a privacy breach was possible. Like, I mean, I mean, they 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 got punished. Like you said, they 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 found out what the what the like the the effects are of doing that. And but let's let's just briefly think for a moment. Let's let's think about the past. 
let's say year, past 12 months mm-hmm. in the technology world. What's been the one thing that every company has done in the past 12 months? NFTs. Not every company, but continue. Next guess. Close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have they done in the last 12 months? Uh, AI. Uh, no, no. no. The, the, the think about not. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take. It's probably this, for the best. Gonna take these by the horns. Um, uh, mass layoffs. Um, yes. You know, the, the hundreds and thousands of people losing their jobs. I've never seen someone so excited to hear the words mass layoffs as you were just then, Kerry. <laughs> um, uh, do you know where a lot of these have started to happen? NFTs in the security area. You know how, oh. like, like a lot of them, a lot of securities departments have been hit very hard in a lot of these tech companies, including places like Twitter and places like yes. Google, Google, Facebook, Amazon, like Facebook, uh, like a lot of these, you know, a lot of these are, are also just other departments, but like you, this now, right now is a very poor time to be, to be letting go of your security stuff. Yeah. Um, I I I genuinely fully expect this to happen again, much worse in the next couple of months. Oh man, that w- that would be that would be fascinating. I've not this heard anything. To- there's, 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 no, nothing uh, hearsay. I've no, not. I don't know what's happening. Judges, if man, the, you sound so guilty. The, right the police, if you think that I am planning this, I am not. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so insincere right now. Yeah. And I know it's actually you panicking and also being a little funny for camera, but Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, it's funny as well because after this, around this time, there were also those DDoS attacks around Christmas time from Lizard Squad for a couple of years where like people would get their consoles, load them up on Christmas Day, and the and Xbox was down just because a bunch of dickheads were just denial. Uh, distributed denial denial of service attacking the whole infrastructure and it just brought the infrastructure to their knees and they did it repeatedly yeah. across months, different months. Plenty of time for them to get their services in tip-top shape apparently, but no, there must be some fundamental issue that they could bypass. Uh, yeah, you haven't really seen it be this bad since the, since the PS4 and Xbox One generation came out, I would say. Those, with those consoles, we... We get occasional blips. We get like, oh, it's a bit weird for a couple of days at most or like four hours is usually it if it's anything. But um, yeah, we haven't seen anything like this before then or since then. Um, that we know of. <laughs> that we know of. That's right. Uh, so what I'll do, Jeremy alluded to this as well, um, but I'll so I'll, I'll, I'll read out our first uh, Eurogamer paragraph here uh, and then I'll... I'll I'll get into a couple of Sony's initial responses because I think they're quite um, fascinating. Uh, so these these first paragraphs uh, go like this. Uh, Anonymous, the hacker group Anonymous, which were big in the news at the time, uh, was upset with Sony's, quote, wholly unforgivable, unquote, legal actions against PS3 jailbreaker George Geohot Hots. Uh, in Anonymous's eyes, the information Geohot had discovered, how to run pirated games, how to run homebrew software, was now in the public domain, and if anything, Hots had done Sony a favor by exposing the company's own loophole. Um, which is a, so very, that, a, a very hacker mindset. Um, yeah, uh, very. To, to go in, which you know, it like is. it's it's always funny. I, I I always I always love it when they're like, because um, you know, there's things like World Hackathon, which is specifically designed to say like, okay, come get us, 
test us out, but it's in a more controlled environment. Yeah, it's like an exercise. And like, look, I, I can understand this perspective as well because when someone says, hey, I managed to get into your into your stuff and I didn't do anything with it, but someone else could have and might have, you need to fix oh, is this. Is that what happened here with, with GeoHot? Like he just told them about it, but didn't do anything about it? Uh no, because he put he put that in the public domain. But 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 oh, okay. but, but but what he what he what he put out was not personal information. It was how do I expose this system to run custom firmware on it and 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 load up uh, non certified pieces of software. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a like that is not a not a uh, illegal thing to do at all. Um. And the the issue is the reason this person got in trouble is because Sony put the uh, judicial system on this person saying they've exposed our platform to piracy, which is a right. a personal matter between them and, and him, not a like, hey, this person has has made this uh, system available for every breach of copyright. Well, no, because he's not actually putting. Like he's not selling the game. He's not doing the individual breach it's, of like it is. It is an emulation thing, right? It is. It is a like yeah. And so right. he's like, just enabling people to pirate stuff. Yeah, no, that's yeah. It's gray. It's gray. Well, I mean, it's legal. Like I like this is like the thing is is like it's not a it's not a uh, being able to run custom firmware on a piece of equipment that I bought with my money is not a thing that should be uh, uh, penalized by the judicial system. Um, okay, no, that's fair enough. And and that was like you know and like it always leads to piracy, but you know, that's a different argument altogether. The issue <laughs> is uh, that, that, that they, 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 they took them to court. I don't know if they, I don't know if they won or not. I can, I can look that up while you're talking. Yeah. Why don't you look up George geo hot hots, see how that went for them. Yeah. I'll continue here with another paragraph. Um, so this, this happened earlier in the year and there was a couple of anonymous DDoS attacks, uh, but they ceased. After a period of time, uh, Eurogamer's timeline says this was the fourth of April, seventh of April, uh, when the when the attacks hit and when the attacks stopped. But yeah, then two weeks later, the PSN was hacked, brought offline, um, and so it's it's that it was the day after on the twentieth of April uh, that there was this like one word response on the PlayStation blog, not one word, but like one sentence. We're aware certain functions of PlayStation Network are down. We will report back here as soon as we can as soon as we can with more information. Thank you for your patience. That's it. Not even a sign-off. The next day, they came out with this. Latest update. While we are investigating the cause of the network outage, we wanted to alert you that it may be a full day or two before we're able to get the service completely back up and running. Thank you very much for your patience while we work to resolve this matter. Please stay tuned to this space for more details. We'll update you again soon. And then they didn't say anything for a week. Oh, no, that's not true. They did. They posted one more thing the next day. Uh, we turned off PlayStation Network on the evening, April 20th. We're doing all we can to resolve this quickly. Thank you for your patience. We'll continue to update you. So just kind of on and on. Not really saying too much after that point in time. Uh so the service went down, 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 like off. It was done. There was no internet service available to was it Vita and um and PS3. Yeah, the the entire network was down. It wasn't just yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm just trying to remember what Vita was the um the the Vita was out 
by, by then, basically. Uh, the Vita wouldn't have been out yet. That came at the end of that year. 2011? Yep. Okay. Uh, so a week went by without, and those were like the last words said, and Sony remained silent on the exact cause. This is back to the Eurogamer article. Speculation centered on Sony pulling the plug on PSN to thwart further attempts at its system. Uh, well, that's a weird incomplete sentence. But the updates from Sony itself remained positive, if slightly evasive. Sony engineers were working around the clock to restore services. PSN users were repeatedly reassured. Uh, Sony was forced to explain why they waited. So, so I, they did eventually come forward and they were forced to explain why they had waited so long to tell its customers the extent of the damage. This was about a week after the initial hack. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It's very and, bad. And they said, there's a difference in timing between when we identified there was an intrusion and when we learned of customers' data being compromised. So this, is, this is, would have been the same announcement where they told everyone that not only did uh, the servers go down, but the hackers had access to the entire user database of, of uh, usernames, passwords, I think, as well. Uh, it, it, it says here, so... Uh... Um, so on, on April 26, 2011, it said, although we're still investigating details, in, in, uh, although we are still investigating the details of this incident, we believe that an authorized, an unauthorized person has obtained the following information that you provided name, address, city, state, zip, country, email address, birth date, PlayStation network slash curiosity password and login, um, which is their music, uh, uh platform and handle slash PSN online ID. It is also possible that your profile data, including purchase history and billing address, city, state, zip, and your PlayStation Network, Curiosity Password, security answers may have been obtained. If you have an authorized sub-account for your dependent, the same data with respect to your dependent may have been obtained. While there is no evidence at this time that a credit card data was taken, we cannot rule out the possibility. If you have provided your credit card data through PlayStation Network or Curiosity, out of an abundance of caution, we are advising you that your credit card number, excluding security code, and expiration date may have been obtained. Right. That is very Fucked. fucking bad. It's so bad. It's almost as bad as the leaks that we got in Australia with the Medicare breach and the Optus breach last year. And, like, I think that there was... I think the difference between then and now was that there was a there was a very real distrust of online purchasing at that point still. Yeah, um, like people still getting familiar with eBay and PayPal. Online connectivity back then was was becoming was, was exploding but also was still very new. Online connectivity with consoles, this was basically brand new as the previous yeah. generation of consoles had online, had online connectivity, but it was more of a like just direct gameplay. There was no social aspect of it. There was no purchasing through a, a unified store. Yeah, um, this was the first generation that really embraced it. This was the and first generation of consoles to ask for your credit card details. Um, yeah, and you know, people. It was also the console generation of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare Four, and Black Ops. Yeah. Um, uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, and yep. <laughs> not Modern Warfare 4. We're not there yet. Um, no, it's 2019. Yeah. Um, uh, this was, and you know, this was the first time parents would have put their credit cards in. Uh, this was the first time that children would have been uh, playing online 
on a console that had voice communication, right? Mm-hmm. This happening so soon after that happened, like after the console coming out, was like a giant, like, oh my God, I'm never letting anybody, I'm never letting anyone get my credit card again, right? To be fair, this was a good three and a half years after console launch. This was decidedly in the second half of this console's life. Uh, the PS4 came out two and a half years later. I suppose it did. It feels way earlier, but I guess I was just... It does, of, yeah. but it's not. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. Still, like, it wasn't that long relative to time after it no. after it came out, right? Um, and, and they were just rebounding at that point. They were They were starting to get some momentum with Uncharted and... Yeah. So this was a this was a major fuck up by them. So uh, they had a few more quotes about this. So we just said the bit about there's a difference between when we figured out what had happened and when we learned of uh, the data being compromised. We learned there was an intrusion 19th of April and subsequently shut the services down. We then brought in outside experts to help us learn how the intrusion occurred and to conduct an investigation to determine the nature and scope of the incident. It was necessary to conduct several days of forensic analysis and it took our experts until yesterday to understand the scope of the breach. We then shared that information with our consumers and announced it publicly this afternoon. Uh, so, Jeremy, what this what this makes me uh, think of was how this was the first time I heard, like, international, like, gaming news first myself. Like, I, I heard this because of the channels I was watching, you know, I was up on, I was watching YouTube at that point in time. I was watching a bit more IGN. Machinima? Uh, yes, no, I wasn't on the site, right. um, but I'd watch, I'd watch, yeah, Machinima and Machinima Respawn. And I had to go to my dad and say, hey, you, you helped me buy the like Assassin's Creed 2 DLC last year. Uh, it, I don't know if you're, a, a, you're, it, I was like, there was some breach and your account, like your card details might've been, a part of that breach. I had to tell him that. I was like, I don't, I don't think there's anything else we can do, but like, watch your statement, I guess. Yeah. He was like, oh, okay, weird. And then he probably saw about it on the news later. But like, I remember that distinctly how like I heard the gaming news and I had to go tell my dad about it because it concerned him. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a very strange moment. I'm, try- I'm trying <laughs> to think if, if we had bought anything, I, I know exactly how to check, which is to just look up. Was the... Flower out by then? <laughs> no, no. Well, that wasn't the first one. W- was Ratchet and Clank Quest, Quest for, for Booty. That was the first. I think it would have been. Yeah, I think it w- Yeah, d- Yeah, definitely was. That was 2008. Because Cracked Time was 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2008 was Quest for Booty. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so like, I remember like we were like, oh, yeah, that's like. That's we we were we were worried. I think because yeah. because we were we were new to a lot of this stuff, and we were like, oh, like what if? Oh, that's right. You were kind of new to it together, right? Yeah, and like yeah, my dad and I, I think like we were annoyed because I wanted to play um, Little Big Planet, and I came home one day right. and it just it just didn't like you know the online wasn't working, and I was like, well, I guess I'll do the single player. And then a few days later, I was like, oh, line's still not working. Like, I don't really understand what's going on here. And then yeah. news started coming out and me and my friends at school were like, ah, fucking stupid Tony, blah, 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 the thing. <laughs> and then like, it took a, because we all had PlayStation 3s and we we're like, ah, we can't play any games because Tony got hacked. Ah. And then like a week later, we we're like, this is really annoying. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like I want to play games online. The thing that got me was every, every week it kept going. 
It mm. kept going week after week after week and nothing changed. And there'd be maybe once a fortnight, a small assurance of like, oh, we have finally resolved a part of the process and we can start moving forward. And it's like, great, what does that mean? Nothing for me right now? Great, talk to me later. Like, it was really, really strange. It was bizarre. It was out of nowhere. And it was on these services that you had up until now assumed were invincible. You know, there had been no reason to suspect that anything like this could happen. Yeah. Yeah, for my for my 16-year-old brain, it was very strange. Yeah, there um, was a level of like... It, there, there was there was a funny sense of of the realization once it had gone on for a while. Um, yeah, that of just like like what like what, uh, a confusion of when is this gonna come back? Like when? Yeah. Like how do they come back from this? And you know, it turns out that was felt by more people than just us because that wasn't just a young kids being ignorant kind of thing. This was like the, the company not saying anything kind of thing as well. Mm, yeah, there was not a lot of information coming out from anywhere. Um, yeah. Uh, just just to take a step back again, um, back to the George Hotz stuff. Um, oh, sure. Uh, so this, this is just reading directly from Wikipedia, but um, uh, in December 2009, Hotz announced his initial intentions to breach the security on the PlayStation 3. Um, and then uh, two months That's later... Bold. Yeah, like like security on the console, not on the network. Um, uh, in and then January of 2010, he announced that he had performed his first achievement, consisting of read and write access to the machine's memory as well as a hypervisor level to access to the machine's CPU. So he could then act like you know, Whoa. like get like fundamental access to the um, to the hardware of the machine, so that then he could run software on top of the hardware yeah. um, at a base level, um, like unrestricted. Yeah, again. None of this is illegal in any way, shape, or form. He bought that machine. He bought that computer. Yeah. Um, on January uh, 26, 2010, Hotz re- released the exploit to the, pub- exploit to the public. On March 28, 2010, Sony responded by announcing their intention to release a PlayStation 3 firmware update that would remove other o- the other OS feature from all models, a feature that was already absent on the newer slim revisions of the machine anyway funny right? and then in july 20- that was like the the linux capability stuff something like that i think yeah. yeah um uh yeah yeah linux or f- uh, free bsd was was available to be, in- be installed um and then in july t- uh 2010 uh hots posted on twitter that uh he had abandoned his efforts to continue um hacking the playstation 3 console um July to December, July to January of the next year is probably about time for a lawsuit to get started, um, because that was when Sony um, sued George, um, January of two thousand eleven, for for, on eight claims, including violation of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, computer fraud, and copyright infringement. Um, Interesting. uh, Later, later on, the the way this ended was. uh, da, 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 da. On April t- uh, 11, 2011, it was revealed that Hotz and Sony had reached a settlement out of court. This included a permanent injunction against Hotz doing any more hacking work on any Sony product uh, to prevent any further f- uh, any future firmware release from being decrypted. Um, oh, man. What a mess. So that, yeah. And that, then that, that prompted that was, Anonymous theoretically to probe their security um, which it, it does go on to state, um, uh, 
I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that George Hotz doesn't actually have any affiliation with Anonymous. That's um, right, yeah. It was more of a, like... It was, it was like a principled matter, right? Yeah, and, you know, like, Anonymous, they they do that. Like, this was this was then leading into, eventually, the Occupy Wall Street movement um oh my god you know like that that was that era right it was the it was the people with the guy fawkes masks and we are legion and you know but it it then spiraled and wasn't quite as focused and then dissipated as as a lot of those movements are yeah wow so yeah it's 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 funny i i'm glad it hasn't happened again in this space but it did happen last year with with Optus and um, Medibank, which I would say are much worse breaches. Like, yeah, like getting access to people's claim history and like telecommunications history is so so awful um, that it makes it makes this look like child's play. Because ultimately, this is a, a network for distributing entertainment. You know, it's there's nothing here about your medical history. There's nothing here about how many thousands of dollars you had to spend to save your own life in hospital you know like it's 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 a weird uh similarity but also distinction Uh, they're like the same but so different in so many ways Mm. so uh moving on sony was beginning to restore psn functionality in phases region by region service by service psn returned to life in the uk there's eurogamer article um on the 14th of may so that was basically Nearly a full month, nearly a full month after the attacks, within about a week, more apologies were offered and a welcome back program for PSN customers was outlined for when the service resumed. PS3 and PSP owners would be offered two free games per system, along with 30 days free PlayStation Plus subscription, which back then was really just uh, exclusive discounts on the store. There wasn't that much that you got with PlayStation Plus. I don't think you, you were, they were even getting free games outside of this welcome backpack. Uh, the free games that you were getting, um, you, like they did exist, but they weren't a monthly thing. That was just like a, there was a kind of a Game Pass subscription to a lot of these. Like, like they were rotating some in, but there was also a back catalog of a bunch of games that were just there for a very long time. That's cool. And were they a lot of small indie titles? Mm, it's hard to remember. I like I remember that's what got me to stick around with PlayStation Plus because some of the stuff they were putting through was pretty good. Um, right. But like that's how I first got Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. I'm pretty sure. Um, right. Like there was some there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, it's funny because I I saw that PSN and I redeemed it or I had it or whatever. We got it for free and used it a bit but i never really appreciated it i was like you want me to spend money on your store after what just happened you want me to save 10 percent on fucking bionic commando like (laughs) no thanks mate um uh sony also said it would offer subscribers a year of free identity theft protection which is also a ringing of uh of the measures that optus and medicare had to take medibank excuse me had to take last year um and so this brings me to some of the other anecdotes was the free games. Mm. Now I'll just pull up the list here. You you brought this up before. So this is from Ars Technica is the list of available games to victims of the 2011 PSN hack. Um, and there were only, there were a number of them here, but only, only two or three of them really stood out to me. Um, 
and I didn't have a PSP, so I couldn't use those. But I'll read the whole list out here. The event, so you could choose two per platform, I think it was, out of this list of like eight or ten games. You don't think it was per platform? Uh, so this list, while it, it... And Sony said you could choose two games. However, yeah. as their systems were coming online, that check wasn't being properly completed. Oh God, that's right. And so I just got all of these. <laughs> that's right. Like I, I got all of these from there, and I remember, and they couldn't take them away from you. <laughs> no, they they didn't they didn't rescind it, and so I just had all of these games. Yep. which was apparently there's also a free so PS3 funny. theme. Yeah, right. Uh, but here are the games you had to choose between a, between <laughs> two or five or two or two of them. Anyway, I survived the 2011 PlayStation hacking, and all I got was the silly theme, <laughs> <laughs> a theme, yeah, the themes they don't even offer anymore. All right, so here's the list of games. Uh, a number of housemark games. We've got Dead Nation, uh, Infamous, Little Big Planet, Starder, Super Stardust HD, Rain, Puppeteer, Invisible's Lost Kingdom, and God of War HD, all on PS3. And then the PSP games were Siphon Filter Dark Mirror, Little Big Planet, Mod Nation Races, Patapon 3, and Wipeout Pure. Um, this isn't a. Is this a complete list? I, it was a region based thing. So this might be a little bit different to our region. That makes sense because for me, I remember we got offered Wipeout. I I don't know about that because I already owned Wipeout, but um, ah, like, you see, I didn't, and this is the only reason I know what Wipeout is is because I got it for this and yeah, I downloaded right. it and I didn't like it that much. Wipeout HD, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I don't, uh, I don't remember getting Siphon Filter or God of War, so that like that would that would that would track with 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 back and oh, forth. Siphon Filter was PSP. Oh right, okay, that makes sense. Um. Uh, but yeah, because I remember like I played Infamous um, when it first came out and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, whatever. Oh, right. So like, I, I won't get that game. And so I got Dead Nation. You probably nine when that game came out. Yeah, like I, 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 I was like, oh, this is like, this is edgy, but like not in an edgy way that I'm really liking. Yeah, um, I mean, that's still true to this day. No, I like it now. I like its edginess now because it's, oh, it's corny edgy. It's so corny. Oh, okay. Goes um, the other way. Yeah. And so I got I I I got uh, Dead Nation and Rain I think, right. And then like about a month later, I was like, oh, I kind of wish I got Infamous. And so I had to look at the list again, and I just was like, oh, I can just get Infamous. And so I just, yeah. So I just got it, and that's what that's how I played. I'm like, oh, this game's pretty good. Yeah. So this was I I downloaded Infamous, Little Big Planet. I think you're right. I think at some point, I think they either gave up, where they were like, ah, uh, look. Fucking everyone got too many of these, so now you can all just get all of these. Maybe, or I've or I got in while the the going was good. Um, but I did initially. I was like, I'll get Infamous and Little Big Planet, but then I got the ones that were there as well, which would wipe out. I don't remember the others that were available in in Australia. Um, but that was the way I played Little Big Planet for the first time. Didn't really, it wasn't really my jam. Sixteen year old me didn't really do it for me. Um, but also Infamous. Uh, I think I'd rented, but I could play the whole thing that way, which was great. Uh, and then, yeah, I tried Wipeout and that was it. But it was cool getting games when it came back. Yeah. Like, I was I was happy with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I was... I remember I was very hesitant to try or even want to buy anything online um, through them for a long time. I, uh, the, the, at that point, I was buying games through the local retailer dungeon crawl yeah i miss dungeon crawl dearly uh they because uh our dollar was so weak after the gfc it was cheaper for people to import 
games from the US, but purchase them for US prices, import them, and then sell overseas copies uh, here in Australia, which I think is some version of illegal because like they, they, they didn't have Australian ratings on them. They weren't they weren't made to be sold in these territories. Um, it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't exist anymore. But yeah, that that meant I had to, if ever I wanted to uh, use PlayStation Network on those games that I bought through that company, I had to set up funds on uh, on my on the like US store, which was a whole really annoying big deal. Yeah. Um, and so if ever I really did it, it was with like an Amazon gift card on. A, yeah, or maybe not even. Like, I think it was like on a different account that had to then top up their wallet. It was really, it was really backwards and workaround. But I never really wanted to put Dad's credit card in again. I think it did happen at, at some point. But we, were, I was, I was like, look, I don't know, I don't know about this. What do you think? He's like, oh yeah, well, well you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but I, those are the vague feelings I have. But it's funny. I remember you bringing up Rain on a podcast just out of the blue one time, and I was like, "I have no idea what this is." And you're like, "Oh, you don't know Rain? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Turns out this is how you know Rain? Lowercase R Rain. Um, That's it. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think this was actually the the beginning of of my dad and I going like, let's just use PayPal for everything, um, yeah. because there was a there was an an in between security that that was that was apparent there that was like, okay, like at least. You know, if PayPal get hacked, then that's an issue. But if if some random you know website or store that we use once gets hacked, at least then we've got a level of like PayPal will stop this from happening or or reverse the charge. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, our family had got on that train for eBay. Yeah, earlier sure. as well. Like it was it such a, a big part of eBay. In case you got scammed, then PayPal would refund you. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's one last little, one last little uh, tidbit I wrote here. One I wrote out, read out earlier, which is the evidence talking about their obsolete and long outdated uh, infrastructure. But this final piece that I found, oh, there's a couple of couple of pieces here. But this final one from the Eurogamer article says, inevitably, when PSN did return, there were several days of teething problems as all users were made to request a password reset via email, which then crashed Sony's email server. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Which is just so funny. That's just, it, it doesn't get any sweeter than that. Uh, and then, Jeremy, you also threw in here uh, a, a little stinger from The Verge um, about a hacker affiliated with the hacker group LulzSec, L-U-L-Z. Yeah. Um, uh, and the sentence goes like this. Cody Kretzinger a hacker affiliated with LulzSec has been sentenced to a year-long prison term for his involvement in the hacks waged against Sony in 2011. And so this kind of goes back to how Anonymous took um, responsibility for the first DDoS attacks on the 4th and 7th of May, but it seems they weren't a part of the actual hack that followed. It, it kind of, it was like, I think it was like, it's like Anonymous doesn't make claims because Anonymous is meant to be a decentralized like you know group right so someone can say yeah. like it's me anonymous but like that's not it's like saying it's me 4chan it's um, a me yeah but like there was a, like the splinter a splinter offshoot of anonymous called lolsec which were the ones that that would frequently do stuff like this um 
who I believe were actually behind it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- this this guy was a part of it named yeah Cor- Corey. Um, uh, he he then yeah was uh, was convicted. Yeah, I think he spent a year in prison and then did about a year at home and paid like six hundred thousand dollars or something. Um, but you know, like like any hacker, um, he now just has a website which you can just like. He is a securities consultant. Um, and you know has a Twitter account and does mm-hmm. talks. Um, like he just he he just does this legitimately now. It is the same job, but well, like the, now the other job. thing is he's also just lived his life for twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Like he he he's, he was twenty five when he was convicted, right? He was he was like he was a young man when he was doing all of this stuff. Yeah, um, and he wasn't really in for that long. Yeah, I mean, like look, like a lot. I probably of, felt like a while. Like I'm not saying like you know I'm not trying yeah. to trivialize prison sentences but you yeah. know it wasn't like five or 10 12 50 years yeah and a lot of these groups they don't last super long like you know when was the last time when was the last time yeah. you heard about anonymous e- exactly e- exactly so uh yeah that was that was final, that was lulzik final point sony finally brings playstation network fully online in japan july 5th 2011 i want to say in australia it took until june I've, I want to say took yeah took a long time. It felt like it was like a full six to eight weeks, like two months I felt like. Mm. Like I remember thinking when it came back online, I was like, man, the season changed in between when this started working and when it came back, when it stopped working, when it came back. Like it's now winter and the sun is, the, the sun goes down at five. Like the time when I checked this, when I got to my dad's house that day, the sun was still up and now it, the sun's been down for like three hours yeah. this time of year because it's been months. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking weird. Um, that's it really. Like there wasn't really, I'm sure there was for them, but like I feel like the industry kind of moved on after that point. There were a bunch of class action lawsuits, but there were- and, and there Sony were, had to go in front of, in front of uh, like the House of Representatives as well. Congress, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, there was there was a lot of like, it didn't cause immediate change, and I think like, yeah, it, it it also can't right like 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 what it would have done is stuff behind the scenes. There would have been a lot of other companies yes. who went, we have the same or worse than they do, like quick, quick, yep. how quickly can you install firewalls? And they're like, uh-huh. and and they're like, uh, who was in charge back then? Like. I don't know, like like Don Madrig, it doesn't work like I don't know who's in charge of Xbox like then, but you know, like like Iwata, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so there would have been stuff that was happening, but like you know, no one's gonna say like, hey, we upgraded all of our stuff because they got hacked and we were worse. So you know, like, yeah, totally. You don't you don't really. You don't this is tr- one of the areas where you don't need transparency until you until something goes wrong. You don't want to draw attention and you don't want to paint a target on your back by saying, hey, we're much better than them because exactly. If there's one thing like you know hackers on the internet know how to do, it's it's become cheeky and petty. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's also kind of fucked that we have to think about it that way, you know, where there are malicious actors out there who will just take the opportunity when it comes. Like, that's messed up. Yeah, like, but, I, I, like I think with, with a lot of, you know, big companies also have a level of duty of care that yeah, realistically wasn't being followed at this point. Um, no. You know, there was, like, like, like we said earlier, they were told. Um, you mm. know, the, the, it's the... Uh, 
Have you seen, probably not, have you seen Oceans 13? 13 once a long time ago. Right. The the, the, the part where um, Brad Pitt pretends to be uh, the the guy who sells Al Pacino the, the seismograph, the, the earthquake machine. Oh, no, sorry, the thing that, 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 that detects for earthquakes. Right, right. And he goes like, oh, like, do we really need this? And he goes like, oh, you know, you should... Uh, and he goes like, 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 here's what you don't want. And he goes on this tirade of like, what you don't want is Time Magazine with your with your hotel like in a rubble on the front cover saying who's to blame. That's what you don't want because he, yep. he, he's playing it up because he wants yep. him to, to he wants him to put together an earthquake evacuation plan so that when they cause an earthquake because those movies are dumb, uh, <laughs> everybody leaves and they can they can convince with their heist commence with their heist. Um, uh, and, <laughs> and at the end he goes. I'm so off track. At the end, he goes, um, uh, Al Pacino in his smarmy casino uh, owning business role, he goes, like, hey, well, like, when are you down to casino? Like, you know, like, play play a couple of games. And Brad Pitt yells back as he's leaving the room, like, uh, like I don't play games, sir. Not with people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That movie's so, so dumb. So that movie's funny. better than the second Ocean. I was gonna, I was gonna say, what's your opinion on the second? Because it's, it's not meant to be as good, is it? The second's stupid. There's holograms in that, in that movie. It's, but it's like dumb. It's like, what are we doing here? Oh, okay. Like the first one is like, the first one's the only one really worth watching. First one's good. Yeah, first one's great. Oh man, but yeah, the I, I think the final thing that this reminds me of is um when. Uh, I had this, I had this, it did, ha- it did remind me of something. <laughs> Just go back eight minutes ago before I started talking about Ocean's Come 13. on, Gary. What was it? You had it. Is it Rockstar? It. No, no, no. It was something more recent. More recent. It was, it was something about their infrastructure. Something about PSN name changes. How that was impossible for so long, right? Oh, that's a, right. that's a direct uh, sort of indicator of how poor their systems were and how poorly yeah. they set up their initial network infrastructure. And I think part of that was because trophies they, as well, just to, just to tack on. Yeah. To that. <laughs> like that wasn't available at PS3 launch. That was a post release update. And so much of what they were doing was a knee jerk reaction to a, their terrible launch and B Xbox doing so well with their online services mm-hmm. that it really felt like they slapped it together as fast as they could to offer whatever they could free online. For example, was the only way to, bring them in and like realistically they couldn't charge for what they had right it was, no. it, it was not nearly no. enough to consider like asking but we for money for know it. that no we yeah. didn't know that they did yeah it's um and and them only finally being able to to change psm names like three or four years ago through a really convoluted process that breaks older games because of how of how it references their user database. Those are neat. There wasn't many games that did it, but and they're all old. They were all very old games. But yeah, yes. I, I I remember that. I, I think I wrote a news article about that. Oh really? That's I funny. think that was the era of me writing me writing news articles. That's funny. So uh, uh, yeah, it, it's yep. weird how it kind a- of circles tw- around. April twenty nineteen. <laughs> April 2019. Wow. <laughs> the headline is you can finally change your name on the PlayStation Network. And the subheading is goodbye weed Goku XXX. That's right. <laughs> I think that was quite funny. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. That also feels like it was yesterday. Oh, for me, that feels like a fucking, like, a decade ago. Decade ago? No, Jeremy, a decade ago, the PSN was hacked. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so that's about it, everyone. We don't, we, like, when we were coming into this, it was like, we, you know, the book's closed on this. Like, there's nothing, there's no new nuggets to bring out from it. Just that sort of uh, extra context, I guess, of, yeah, the name changes taking so long and recent hacking opportunity, like, uh, events in a, in the modern era but uh that's about it we just wanted to relive that weird moment in history and what that meant for us at the time and what it meant for the industry going forward it's um fascinating absolutely fascinating i just want to double uh, check one more thing okay sure e3 2011 was, oh did they mention it it was june 7th so they were back well up. before they restored it for Japan. Yeah, but they had already restored it for the larger markets. I'm just curious if I Google the words E3 2011 hack. Uh, yeah, they they did talk about it. I'm sure they had I mean, to because that was still at the time where they had suits up on stage. But that was the year they showed off like Portal Three, right? I think Portal Three was out by then. Maybe, yeah, so maybe that was the maybe that was the 2010 E3 I'm thinking of then. Yeah, was that the was that the year they didn't have their um fake executive on stage? Oh, um, uh, uh but but Butler, but uh, mm. Ke- Kevin Kevin but Ke- Kevin Butler. Yeah, Sony's fake executive. Yeah, Kevin Butler. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I loved those commercials. I thought they were great. Kevin Kevin Butler was done. I'm gonna. All right, you've you've actually. What the fuck is this headline? You've actually, Sony files very real lawsuit against fake Sony executive. I'm, what I'm, the fuck happened? I'm mad about this. So Kevin Butler was done wrong. Okay, so he this guy, this actor Jerry Lambert, right? He was, uh, he'd, he'd been doing these these commercials uh, f- for a while now. You know the the yeah. um, what were they called? The Long Live Play campaign that was that was like a that was when sony were finally getting back on their feet and you know they had this yeah they and had, they were taking the piss which is great like taking, this this executive who didn't exist taking the piss out of all of these executive branded it was like marketing deals and it was good he, yeah and he had he had tons of fake he had tons of fake titles he had the director of game accuracy the vp of silent but deadly he had the vp of fanboy relations big deal making blu-ray superiority epic footage right you know 2011 this but, website has him listed as vice president of getting sued yeah vp of auditory opinions vp of micro mini games gamer i think that one's made up because it's an article about the actor getting sued yeah but he then went on to be in a commercial for Toyota or a, it was a, it was a car company, I believe. And in the car company, he played a similar role. Uh, and in that commercial was also the Nintendo Wii. Oh, no. And look. Bad move. Okay. Yeah. I, get, I get it. He shouldn't have done that. So there was a statement to Kotaku that uh, Sony wrote to elucidate why they decided to sue Lambert and Bridgestone, um, the tire company. Right, it was Bridgestone, right. 
The claims are based on violations of the, oh, this is boring, breach of something, blah. We investigated significant, no, we invested significant resources in bringing the Kevin Butler character to life, and he's become an iconic personality directly associated with PlayStation products over the years. Use of the Kevin Butler character to sell products other than those from PlayStation misappropriates Sony's intellectual property, creates confusion in the market, and causes damage to Sony. While they're not wrong, that's also really heavy-handed. Surely a cease and desist would have done the same thing. Because this this terminated Kevin Butler. Like, they didn't use him anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was the end of that campaign. Like that, and and he was on stage at LD three. He used to be there multiple I, times. Yeah, I think so. I remember on stage once he was there, and he was he was you know doing a spiel to gamers and stuff, and and it was you know it's, it's all silly, you know, like like what is gaming and stuff. But he he made one which they they really needed because they still had actual executives up on the stage. And there was one specific line I remember him saying, which I th- I still think is a hilarious line. I don't know who wrote it, but fuck, it's funny. Which was, uh, gaming is buying a 62-inch TV in a 70-inch apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was very funny. <laughs> yeah, very was... funny. Especially coming off the back of the, like, plasma TV trend. Yeah, yeah. It was where they were like, huge and not that great. Yeah, yeah. How big can we make these TVs? Um, yeah. I remember I was watching an episode of the TV show Shameless, I believe, and he was in that like eight years <laughs> later, and I was like, "It's Kevin Butler." <laughs> Kevin Butler. It's like that moment in Scrubs where um they're watching uh what's that Harrison Ford movie Fugitive Star, Star Wars. Um, they're watching The Fugitive, and uh, Neil Flynn's character as a cop shows up on screen, and he's right. the janitor in Scrubs. Right. And it becomes this whole thing about how not Neil. It's not Neil Flynn in the in the Fugitive. It's the the janitor in the Fugitive, and how he played a role in a movie, and <laughs> right. it drives JD crazy. <laughs> uh, Kevin gaming. But- Kevin Butler was in the West Wing. What? He was in an episode of the West Wing. Kevin Butler, the satirical. No, 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 no. The guy that played Kevin Butler. Oh, okay. Which episode? I Dead Irish Writers. That sounds like one I remember. Yeah, I don't know. Been playing stuffy white man in a suit for a while now. I see. Uh, I think I think he played a nice. I think he played a teacher. Just judging by how he's dressed, <laughs> <laughs> like a professor or something. No, he's in a suit. Another picture. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> VP of getting sued. Yeah. All right, everyone. That wraps it up for this week at the Minimap Cast. We're going to go out with the outro here, as we always do. Uh, in the outro, it still says because apparently this went uh across the entire template. Uh, by the way, Cats was a poem written by T. S. Eliot, not Oscar Wilde. Uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> that's a that's a correction for weeks ago. Uh, make sure to listen to next week's episode where we talk about Resident Evil Four. That is going to be our review. Uh, no, the Oscar Wilde T. S. Eliot reference is gone. I fixed no. it for you. Um. But yeah, we'll be talking more about Resident Evil 4, our full thoughts on the subject matter. So if you're keen for that, get br- get brush up, get caught up on the game. We're going to talk a whole lot about it. Maybe not the whole thing, but probably a whole lot. Uh, the best way to make sure you don't miss that episode is to follow all of our socials at MinimapAU. You can follow us individually too. Uh, on uh, Twitter, you could find me at KJPalmer underscore 24. Jeremy, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at Obi-Wan Jez. 
you can also head to minimap.com.au for absolutely everything else minimap related, uh, including the minimap Discord, which is a great way to get notified when we go live. We've got a, a live now bot in there, which has been doing a terrible job recently. And we've been I don't know. Been, if it is a great way to find out when we go live. But it is, if you like Discord, it is a way, and we also post screenshots and use it to talk about yeah. stuff in the chat. Yes. It's it's we're there. You can find the Discord logo on the website at the top, very top of the page and at the very bottom. Uh, you can also find our other podcast, the Mini Disc Game Club podcast, as well as the latest article we just published. Hey, like Jeremy's Dredge review, which you heard about earlier in the show. You can go find that full review there. I reckon it's the best thing Jeremy's written all year. Uh, for those of you that are live with us on Twitch, stick around. We're about to start the post show. Jeremy, did you want to say something about Dredge? Oh, no, I was just going to say that I think it might be the best thing I've ever written because I went back to read some of the previous things I've written. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I, I always do that. Script your collar moment. Uh, what did I just say? We're about to start the post show. Uh, for those of you listening later, make sure to give us those oh-so-tasty five-star ratings. It helps us out a lot. And consider joining us next week for the live show. We always have fun. Uh, lastly, if you want, if you can, if you would like, you can support us on Patreon. If you want to help keep the like the likes and mites on, nope. <laughs> the lights and mics on. That's the one. Uh, you could do that by heading on over to Patreon.com/slash/MiniMapAU, and for five Australian dollars, you'll get twenty-four hours of early access for all episodes of the MiniMap Cast, as well as some more benefits, all while helping us out greatly. Jeremy, oh shit, it's the outro. Never mind. We'll see you later. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the bell tolls. <laughs> <laughs>